0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. And you're tuned into Queering the Air on 3CR community radio. In that first bracket of songs was Natural Woman by K followed by shame, desire, by habits. I'm Iris, and I'm joined in the studio with Tracy.
1: Hello, Iris. How are you? Happy New
0: Year. Yeah, good to be back in the studio (laughs) with you. Um, Happy New Year. um, I'd firstly like to start off with an acknowledgement of country. We're broadcasting over the lands of the Kulin Nations, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples. These lands were stolen and Indigenous sovereignty was never ceded. Genocide and colonisation are ongoing processes on these lands. And I'd like to pay my respect to all Indigenous Elders, past, present and future. And I'd like to acknowledge any Indigenous listeners tuning in today. Um, I'm Iris. Uh, For those that may be tuning in for the first time, a bit about me. I'm a white, white trans... Fam, who's a bit of a writer. Sometimes when I have work, I work in hospitality, do boxing. I don't know what else any interesting things about me. What about you, Tracy?
1: Oh my God, I didn't know you'd do boxing. Yeah, I do. Oh, wow, that is so cool. Do you yeah. do boxing? No, I don't even know how to, except I can, you know, defend myself without having to box. But yeah, um, I'm a model sometimes and that's just because i love fashion and i um i love to dance but i don't do that i'm a nurse and um i love to volunteer and yeah so
0: yeah awesome um so today we're gonna have a bit of we've been talking about some current events and things that have been happening and also playing some music for you and we're going to be talking to a special guest soon, but I thought I'd start up with uh, an article that was in The Age this morning. Um, it was talking about the horrifying inca- incarceration that's increasing of particularly Indigenous women in Victoria. There's been a 240% jump in the number of Aboriginal women incarcerated in Victoria due to a whole lot of um, racist or sort of anti-poor laws that have ma- means that particularly target Aboriginal women and they're ending up in prison and it's really abominable to see this happening. Um, and there's a petition going around. Another horrible thing that happened in late 2017 is Tanya Day, an Aboriginal woman, died in police custody and she should have never been um, picked up by the police. She was picked mm-hmm. up by the police on this... Public drunkenness law that is routinely used to pick up people, um, black people, Indigenous people, and 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 she ended up dead in police custody later in the day, and it was really horrible. And there's a petition going around to end Aboriginal justice in custody, calling for justice for tenure Day, an abolition of the offence of public drunkenness. So get on that, and and that also people organising a paper petition to take to state parliament so sign both petitions um next we're going to play a track and then we'll hopefully talk to a special guest after that that's it what are you gonna say tracy
1: um i was gonna say we have a special guest who you may know called back babak so stay tuned
0: stay tuned to queering the air and 3 CI community radio And you're tuned in to Queering the Air on 3 c Community Radio. We're now,
1: we're,
0: we're now... joined in the studio on the line by Babak. Can you hear us?
2: Yep, I'm here.
1: Hello, Babak.
0: Hi, how are you?
1: Good, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good, thanks. So, it's so good to have you on air, by the way. I know <laughs> that um, we've been organising this for a while, so finally... Yay.
2: Yeah, glad to be here.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'll quickly um, ask you a few questions. Do sure. you mind um, giving us your bio?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I My name's Babak. I'm a writer, um, artist, um, queer youth worker, community organizer. Um, yeah, and I do a bunch of stuff around kind of uh, QC Park, activism, advocacy, um, and youth justice, and, um, yeah, and, like, performance art stuff, too.
1: Cool. That looks like a lot of things you do. Do you have <laughs> time to sleep, really?
2: Um, and <laughs> <laughs> there, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, so what's been going on around Melbourne and the queer community? Do you know anything? <laughs>
2: yeah, um... Yeah, it's an exciting time. Um, midsummer uh, just wrapped up, and um, Mardi Gras is starting in Sydney soon. Oh, wow. um, I guess one thing that comes to mind—not necessarily in queer Melbourne, but um, the Cherry Creek Youth Detention Centre has just started construction wow. out near Werribee. Yeah, which is um, yeah, which is a really concerning development because it um, it kind of reflects um, increasing... Mm. Well, what a new youth prison really suggests is that the logic that the Andrews government is um, mobilising is one of, like, um, increasing incarceration of young people. Mm. And, you know, we're already seeing uh, prisons in Parkville and Almsbury, like, kind of bursting at the seams. Mm. There's been, like, protests and riots in the last couple of years. But, um, yeah, instead of actually, it's really concerning because instead of looking at like the structural issues, like the disproportionate number of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, young people who are imprisoned um, for longer than um, everyone else yeah. and in, at higher numbers than everyone else, um, instead of looking at those the structures that encourage and facilitate that inequality, the logic is just like looking at a very surface band-aid level solution of just like building more prisons, to fill more prisons with more young people, um, Mm -hmm. which is really concerning. So there's been some um, kind of youth justice backlash and there's been a lot of efforts to try and stop this construction of a new facility Mm -hmm. um, because it doesn't really um repair oh, any yeah. of the deeper problems. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you keep on building prisons and you're going to fill them all. That's but right. yeah. it's actually not that's not the outcome that we yeah. should be That's not um, the solution driving
1: we towards. Need. No, yeah.
2: especially when like you look at the conditions in those prisons and they're really um brutal, you know, like they create um Systems of they—they they basically create and mirror systems of inequality that exist out in society. And um, there's just such high rates. Like when you have an encounter with the criminal justice system as a young person, mm-hmm. the likelihood of that continuing for the rest of your life is so much higher. Sure. So it's like really like, the politics should be moving in towards a place where we're actually looking at preventing young people mm-hmm. from having encounters with the criminal justice system yeah. and looking at what factors in their lives led them to have um, to have encounters with police and have encounters with juvenile detention, like, such as, like, poverty or even just, like, blackness is, like, a huge factor in how, like, police view... Like you know, the criminality of blackness, um, as I'm sure you know very yeah. well, Tracy. Yeah. Um, so just looking at all these things, um, class, poverty, race, um, and and the proximities of those things too, and how they play such a massive role has been um, something I've been thinking about lately.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: mm. yeah there's an article in the Age today that sort of talked about how. All these, all these recent, like, changes to the law that means that people that get caught up by cops for very, like, like things to do with poverty, drug offences, mm-hmm. um, has ended up meaning there's been a 240% increase in Aboriginal women in prison, incarcerated, often, like, without, even before they go to court because of these, like, mandatory, like, um, incarceration laws that people just mm-hmm. end up there. So that's really totally. shocking. Yeah,
2: yeah it's really bad. shocking. And it, it just creates these cycles of violence that are they're inflicted upon um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander families, um, where it's like, you know, if a mother is being incarcerated for long periods of time, then that's depriving a child of, like, support yeah, and nurturance, which is putting that at a greater risk of actually of, of deviance and, like,. Um, encountering the criminal justice system. So this creates these really concerning things. And I think actually, you know, it is kind of, historically, there's like youth justice movement and the abolition movement and, like, a lot of these kind of um, movements have been led by queer people, led by queer and trans people, because we have a vested interest in kind of um, undermining uh and identifying the ways that the system and the state behave unfairly and problematically because you know in the past we have also um been the victims of that and so there's this like sense of solidarity but also just um it's just important as people who are progressive and Mm. understand the way these systems work that we're um aware of it and trying to protest and prevent it from expanding as much as we possibly can
1: yeah yeah wow that's a lot to take in um yeah
0: so. um you have you're also the editor one of the editors of um on magazine how is and you're exploring like themes that sort of that um the whole like construct all like themes around the twin towers as well Can yeah. You talk about that? yeah
2: yeah it's a really interesting project. Um, yes, I'm one of the editors of Unmagazine magazine, and Unmagazine magazine is a kind of contemporary art um, journal um, about criticism, essays, photos, images, artworks themselves. Like um, that has a new guest editor or new guest editors every year to keep the ideas fresh and to keep like the perspectives new. Um, and last year it really saw like a kind of revamping with um, at the the leadership of Maddie Clark and Nika Lehman, um, two First Nation editors and, like, intellectuals who really um, set set a new bar for how, like, intellectually rigorous and critical Un-Magazine was and is. So we've got big shoes to follow. But our, um, yeah, the first issue to be released in April basically looks at... um, the war on terror, um, and then and then and the sight of the twin towers, and how subsequent paranoia and anxiety, terrorism and surveillance, have an effect on all the way on the other side of the world, on like aesthetics in um, like Australia or Australian proximate artwork, um, and it's something really interesting to think about. You know, like 17 years on from the twin towers from the collapse of the twin towers like how have our aesthetics and worldviews been shaped by the paranoia and islamophobia and um, the reinforcement of borders that has come as a consequence of that of the of the, the attacks um, and a lot of you know a lot of australian border policy has come at the you know, it is so racially loaded, you know? Who's a good immigrant and who's a bad refugee, like, um, and a lot of that is inherited from this idea of, like, um, the black and brown body being a threat, being a criminal, um, being incompatible fundamentally with, like, Australian values, um, which, I mean, relates to what I was speaking about earlier with the, the new youth prison, um, of course, but, like, um, these ideas were kind of, interested in piecing apart and thinking about critically, like, who and how, um, you know, artists often think that they're um, uh, exempt from these kind of, like, broader um, political policies and strategies can actually um, reinforce or re- replicate those inequalities and kind of paranoias um Within their art and within their practice, mm-hmm. so just thinking about that is really interesting. So we've got um, Hoda Afshar doing an interview with Bedr um, who's currently imprisoned on Manus Island.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so there, that's a really interesting perspective. We have like theology, Islamic theology. Um, there's a lot of really cool um, art on. Uh, Eleven Collective, who, a collective of, um, in, of uh, Muslim Australian artists. There's um, a piece by Taneen Ernest Williams on the um, ecological terrorism at the Jaburung Embassy. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really cool perspectives on like what terrorism looks like and how the discourse of terrorism has very much been um, informed by how the state defines terrorism and how and who gets to be a terrorist um, and how the state is kind of exempt from the language of terrorism because there's this idea that the state is always defending itself. Mm-hmm. It's always retaliating against an attack instead of actually instigating violence or being mm-hmm. the aggressor. Um, so we're just kind of trying to tease that apart because it's just very convenient language that when we think of um, the terrorists, we think of this like turban clad like um brown refugee with like you know um dynamite strapped to his chest and we don't think about like uh, a border patrol agent and we don't think about you know a prison warden and we don't think about like you know these things we don't think about a soldier um Mm. whereas actually if you look at like where violence happens at the level of Date actors like suddenly suddenly like the terrorists start to look a bit
1: different
0: yeah yeah and uh and i was really telling how victoria police used like concerns about terrorism and occupational health and safety to like um to um sabotage the invasion day march that with in terms of the soundtrack.
2: Exactly, exactly. It's a really concerning development that I'm not sure... I don't have the exact um, kind of legal or legislative language to talk about, but my understanding is that in very recent um, amendments to Victorian anti-terror legislation, there's now um, room for Victoria police to target, um, like, protests and small organising groups like Warriors of Aboriginal Resistance and include them in, um, like, basically, like, anti-terror laws so that they're not able to organize, they're not able to kind of um, to prevent them or undermine their organizing and their movement and their protesting through, like, microphones or amplifiers or, um, or as we saw at the protest, like, a truck to move through the protest that they have every year which is not a threat, you know, that's not a, that's not a threat to, um, to any people, mm-hmm. but it, it actually, like, kind of um, it enables the protest to exist. Yeah. And it's just like a it's this very clear tactic from Victoria Police to try and undermine the integrity of, um, of protesters, yeah. in this case Aboriginal protesters, who's, who, yeah, who are critical of the state are critical of the ways that the state has disadvantaged them and actively does disadvantage yeah. their people. So, um, yeah, it's unsurprising. And it, it it also has happened in the states. If you look at, um, like, um, Patrice Cullors, um, one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter, her most recent book was called When They'd Call You a Terrorist. And it's because a very similar thing happened in the states Recently, with um, Black Lives Matter being kind of like um, included in various anti terror um, bills to try and undermine their movement for black rights and black power. Um, And that was also happening way back when with the Black Panthers, with the FBI and the CIA kind of conspiring to um, change public minds around. How the Black Panther was militant and violent and aggressive when actually they were just fighting and protesting against um, inequality and murder and uh, white supremacy, which is like kind of also what the warriors of Aboriginal resistance are doing over here now.
1: Yeah.
2: There are these definite overlaps in how the state um, strategizes to try and undermine movements for um, black power and sovereignty. And I think even as settlers here, we need to be really um, careful about what kind of media we are ingesting and how that media, especially in an age of Fairfax hegemony, is actually often not telling the accurate story and is kind of complicit in um, yeah, a, lot of that, a lot of those narratives that the state would like us to believe.
1: Yeah, Wow.
0: Mm, yes. Definitely so much to think about and lots to think about,
2: yeah.
1: right?
2: So yeah. can't really jam it into um to a little segment. But yeah, I'd encourage everyone to um keep an eye out for um the stop the shut the stop um Cherry Creek development of the, of that prison campaign, which yeah. is on its way, and also to um support uh, warriors of Aboriginal resistance and I'm General
1: Sovereignty. That's right. Thank you yeah. so much, Babak. It was yeah, so you're good so to welcome. have on air. So, thank, you. Um, thank you for
2: having me, Iris and Tracy. Thank, thank you me. so much.
1: All right. Have a good day.
2: Thank you too. Bye.
1: Bye. And
0: special thanks to Babak there for that wide ranging conversation um, in terms of terrorism and to incarceration. Um, I'm there because we have another guest on the line. Yeah. Can you hear us,
3: Aslan? Yep.
1: Hello, Hello, Aslan. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. So good to have you on air. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, as you know that we have Aslan, a queer Muslim refugee, on air. And um, Aslan, tell us more about yourself.
3: Uh, gosh. Uh, yeah, so I came to Australia like about 10 years ago. Um came here as a student, and then, uh, without going into too much detail, I eventually um, became a refugee, Mm -hmm. um, which was something recently.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. So.
1: Wow. And how has that been for you? uh,
3: Pretty confusing at times, because um, I guess for most people, their understanding of of asylum seekers and refugees is a certain way. Like you either come from a war-torn country, or mm. you know uh, you've experienced experience pretty mm. horrific stuff, Yeah. and then you had to come. Like it's like you would apply for a refugee status like immediately, but for me, it was more like things started getting bad, and then uh, when I got advice, I was advised to seek protection.
1: Yeah.
3: So yeah, so so the transition. From international student to a refugee, uh, asylum seeker and a refugee, refugee
1: yeah.
3: was a bit, yeah, confusing. And yeah, of I think a lot of people still didn't, didn't identify me as an as asylum seeker. So they mm-hmm. still saw me as an international student. And, and I, I'm aware that also I initially had all this privilege and I think people still saw me as that and um, their biases never really went away. So it, it's been kind of hard to navigate the space. Uh, when you're actually your actual identity is a certain way, and you don't actually have all the privileges that you used to have or no. and um you experience a lot more oppression and marginalization, but people don't see you that way
1: mm. so does that mean that you haven't gone back home for like the last ten years
3: for the yeah almost
1: yeah wow.
3: yeah
1: that's that's a big number. <laughs> Yeah. So what have you been doing with yourself besides um, seeking asylum? Like, have you been fitting in well, and what have you been working, and did you continue well, the, studying? Um,
3: the past past year or so, half a year, like, I've been uh, working on the play, and, I, and we were actually interviewed last week, uh, called Queer Agents Anonymous.
1: Yeah.
3: So I've been working on that, and we just finished our run, uh, our season, uh, last night.
1: Oh, nice. How was
3: that? Um, it, was, it was great. Um, we had a great turnout. Uh, we had a very positive audience response. Many said that these issues were important to them. Mm. And several audience members said they really felt connected to the issues and the characters. Like, they really felt represented on stage.
1: Yeah.
3: Because in, in their play, it doesn't just talk about issues experienced solely by Asians, but people of color as well. Group people That's of right. color. Yeah. So we talked about uh, sexual racism, racism, uh, institutional racism, experiencing whiteness, toxic masculinity, um, fan so, so there were many different topics. And a lot of people could relate to those issues.
1: Amazing. So mm-hmm. did you make this play yourself? or?
3: Yeah, I, I wrote it myself. Uh, but during the play reading, which I did during Melbourne Fringe, I actually only wrote the first two acts and uh, I already had, like, had an idea what the third act was going to be, but I welcomed the audience's uh, feedback, mm-hmm. and I also got feedback from the cast, yeah. so we included that in the third act. So um, so it's about most, like, most of the work is my work, but ha- like half of it is probably like, the collective effort of, of the community and my cast, which yeah. I have to give a shout-out to, my great cast, Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave us they gave the show 100% my like, extremely talented cast so and I thank them for that as well
1: amazing so do you have any future plans on making more plays or uh,
3: well this was a self-funded play and being a you know being a refugee and I haven't been really employed so yeah. they didn't have much money to 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 produce the play so uh, uh, so far the, I like so far the play I mean the project is was to to have it done for midsummer but if opportunity comes and we got we get funding we'll we'll do it maybe in Mardi Gras in Sydney yeah and anywhere else
1: right
0: awesome um Mardi Gras next month I mean that's pretty soon or next year
1: yeah probably next year oh yeah it actually looks like a long time but time flies eh
3: yeah, oh, it's not going to be easy having, because I, ha- I don't really have that much connection in Sydney, so it would take some time for us to, to start that out if the opportunity
1: comes.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, so, yeah. Mm. Um, do you have any other pla- things you're working on?
3: Well, uh, I guess I am already thinking of like a like a spiritual successor to Queer Agents Anonymous, which is mm. to expand on the character uh, of the queer Muslim. On the show, because because that, that's actually the other part as well. Like, like few people might realize that Asians are also Muslims. Uh, so, like, I'm a Muslim, obviously. So, uh, that's something that I want to explore on because that's a, that's another issue altogether. Because, like, within the the gay community and also within the Muslim communities, that you kind of have you actually experience like double discrimination because mm. you may face homophobia from the Muslim community and then when you're in the gay community uh you may experience racism and Islamophobia so it would be interesting to kind of explore those two issues and how they intersect so yeah i'm thinking of expanding on 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 the story uh that involves pre muslim
1: great that's a good thought so um thank you for joining us on air um, thank you
3: for having me yeah
1: do you have anything else you need to tell the community or something? Advice Uh,
3: or...? Oh, uh, gee. Uh, I guess I have to say that when I was coming out with the play, I mean, there was like, uh, there were some issues about trying to get community support, I guess. Um, And it was uh, kind of hard for me to kind of also promote it because I'm not really, because of my status, I can't really be out. Mm. So, yeah, so it was a bit difficult in trying to get that. So, I would I would like to see more POC work um, being supported by each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mentioned this in the play as well. Like the, like the big message is intersectionality and inclusivity. You know, yeah. and, and solidarity. Yeah. yeah, solidarity. So I'm hoping to see that more in in our in our community. That's it. Thank
1: you, Aslan. So, um, thank it was you, thank you. On air. Yeah. Yeah. All right, bye. Okay. bye. Bye.
0: Bye. That was Aslan talking about a number of things, including Queer Asians Anonymous, which just ended its run at Midsummer. And you're tuned into Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio, um, streaming live at 3cr.org.au streaming 855 AM on your AM dial. Next, have a try... And you're tuned into Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio with Iris and Tracy. Tracy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the previous bracket was um, OB Love Kush by Kate and Bardosa with I Want More. We're reaching the end of our show today on Queering the Air, but we're going to talk a little bit about Midsummer um, Yay. and if we've gone to anything at Midsummer. What have you. And yeah, did you, have you gone into any events?
1: Yeah. I went for the mid-summer event um, on, I don't know what day it was, but I went with a few friends of mine. It was fun. It was lit. It was on point. It was blazing. It was all those good things. I love it. So yeah. Um, is it still going by the way? I don't think so.
0: Um, yeah, it's coming to an end. I oh think. yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I thought that finished already
0: yeah um I'd just like to give a shout out to Auckland Pride March, and they pulled off a Pride March with no police or corporations. It's been a they have been really successful successful with their community grassroots activism in in Auckland over the last few years mm. and that Pride March looked awesome not to see cops that are responsible for murdering Aboriginal women and mm. corporations responsible for everything from climate change to exploiting. Everyone at work there. That was a really nice thing to see. That happened yesterday.
1: Yeah, and uh, we were gonna have a pride match by the way, but the weather disappointed us. And um, however, we are gonna have another one in March on the tenth with um, Living Positive Victoria. So hopefully, fingers crossed on the day the weather behaves, Melbourne behave.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed, Melbourne's weather. Yeah. (laughs) It can be quite variable indeed. It is. Another thing I went to, I saw two things, Um, a, um, I suppose, a dance sort of thing by Raina Raina Peterson and Govind called Third Nature that was really, um, like, amazing set. It was really lovely, just incredible dancing. And I think you can see both of them at Adelaide Fringe if you know anyone in Adelaide because they're doing Bent Bollywood over there. Um, another thing I saw was a stand-up comedy with a bit of performance art by Krish um, which is really funny and funny to see lots of, like, um, trans references and, and, and their... Um, All this stuff to do with, I don't know, it's hard to describe. Like, it was an amazing show Mm -hmm. um, by Krishna, who's an amazing artist. Yeah. Did you see anything?
1: No. No. Honestly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, we're coming to the end of our show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging with us. And we will talk to you. um, Is it? Next Sunday? No.
0: Yeah, next every Sunday, Sunday i the air. Yeah.
1: So stay tuned, stay cool, and be sun smart, and yeah, have a great week.
0: Bye. Bye. And next up is Hip Sister Hop. Stay tuned. This is Fast Car by Tracy Chapman.
1: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia.